and you are listening to the smooth and mellow sounds of the jazz collection of Mr. Harmon Carey. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. Thank you for being with us right here at WHGE 95.3 FM. I am your hostess, your journalist, your mental liberator. For the next hour, we talk politics here on the Political Power Hour. I am Rochelle Wilson of Make Some Intelligent Noise, the movement for equal justice for all. And today we talk politics, so let's get right to it. Um, I want to read something to you to make sure that we are all on the same page as we move forward. The very first amendment of the Bill of Rights says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, nor abridging the freedoms of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for redress of its grievances. To petition the government for redress of its grievances. Many of us already know that Legislative Hall here in the state of Delaware has uh, officially shut down and we'll get back to them uh, sometime around the late December and first week in January. Uh, we will start feeling the buzz around Legislative Hall. But I wanted to share with you, in collaboration with the Constitution of the United States and the Bill of Rights, here's what Legislative Hall has to say. The right of the people to participate in the legislature is the foundation of liberty and all free government. This was enacted as the fundamental rules of the Delaware State as enacted in September 11th, 1776. The word that I want us to make sure that we have jotted down is the word participate. We have a right to participate in the legislature, legislature, excuse me, uh, we have that right both by the enactment of the Delaware Constitution. We also have that right by the Constitution of the United States that tells us we can redress. We can approach our government for redress of our grievances. So what does that mean to you? I know what it means to me, but what does that really mean to you? I'd like to know. What does it mean for you to participate, to actively be able to address the government for redress of your grievances? What does that mean? And how do you go about doing that? Well, as I stated, I know what it means for me. What it means for you is individual. You can sit on your sofas, you can play with your laptops and your iPads and your cellular devices 
If that's what you want to do, you are welcome to do that. I made the conscious decision to participate actively at Legislative Hall, engaging the people that we voted into those seats. Now I can't say I know everyone there, but I made it my business to know the key players on the chessboard. The people who are actually doing the work and making the changes. So I want to bring a person to mind. Uh, many of you already have heard of her or you know of her. Perhaps you've even had the good fortune to interact with this particular legislator. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking about abortion and uh, right to choose versus the right to live, right pro-choice, pro-life, blah, blah, blah. Uh, a woman's right to choose her, her body, her body, her choice. And I have to say, a resounding bravo to Delaware's legislative House Representative Melissa Minor Brown. Please, can we applaud her? Bravo to Melissa Minor Brown, who has been a champion of assuring that women's right to reproductive health has been guaranteed in the state of Delaware. I did not see the post. Today is Wednesday. I saw the post on Tuesday, yesterday. Today is July 6th. I saw it on July 5th. She is standing with other legislators as well as Governor John Carney, and he is signing the bill that gives women the right to reproductive health, to choose what they want to do with their bodies. I strongly encourage uh, many of our legislators all across these states of the United States of America to please follow suit and pay attention to the champion who, who brought that, who gave us that, who made sure, ensured that we keep our right to choose. Melissa Minor Brown, many of us know her affectionately as Mimi. So wherever you are, Mimi, you're probably working on some other bill uh, or doing something in the healthcare field. Uh, before she was a legislator, she was definitely uh, a healthcare professional. I met her as a, a legislator and then learned that she was a healthcare professional. She and as well as Dr. Bethany Hall Long. Also, a legislator, uh, you know, she's a lieutenant governor for the state of Delaware, but she's a health care provider. She champions health. And, and Melissa Minor Brown, Mimi, as again, we affectionately call her, she has spearheaded this. She has spearheaded this. There's so many details uh, that I cannot go into. I really want to get her here, uh, if not physically, into the station. I understand everything about the COVID and COVID, 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 and more COVID. So I, I respect people's position on the COVID thingy, the thingy about COVID. But I would love to get Melissa Minor Brown, Mimi, to call us or perhaps she would be willing to do a Facebook Live with me. At any rate, I want to hear her personally chime in and tell us all about this bill. I am so proud of her and all women who believe in uh, a right to choose, pro-choice, my body, my choice, 
We are applauding you, Mimi. Thank you for making Delaware a safer state because she realized, I believe that Mimi is so intelligent. She realized that the back alley abortions were just that far away, just a snap away, and young girls were gonna lose their lives in back alley abortions because people are going to continue to be sexually active People are going to, you know, condoms break and mistakes happen and people get pregnant. Uh, and there is still always that ugly, nasty little word called rape and incest. Mimi has protected us from worrying about our little girls going to the back alley abortion. I won't even call them clinics. They're just back alley abortion houses. So we don't have to worry about that. Your right to reproductive rights, uh, you know, reproductive care stays in your, your ability to choose. But again, I cannot reiterate it as eloquently uh, as she could explain it to us. I saw the post last night, couldn't wait to say a resounding bravo to Mimi Brown. Thank you, Mimi. If you're out there, wherever you are, honey, if you're listening, I pray you know, if no one else appreciates you, Rochelle Wilson appreciates you. Thank you, Mimi Brown. Uh, so moving forward from there, I need to continue to share with you uh, some other information that I thought was, you know, relatively pertinent. So allow me to do that. Uh, I want to say, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, you know, you have to forgive me. I have, uh, you know, I'm anemic. And so I don't like an excessive amount of coal. <laughs> as, a, as my good friend uh, K.O. Sims, the artist, uh, says, I would rather, I would rather die from sweating than to freeze to death. And so I'm going to turn off the air conditioner. I don't need it. It's killing the ozone layer. Uh, if I can do anything to protect Mother Earth, then I'm going to do that. So please bear with me one moment. Yes. Trust me, I'm at the age where I know all about hot flashes. I know what they are. I know where they come from. And I know what makes it happen. <laughs> and I never know when it's going to happen. But I certainly uh, cannot tolerate excessive amounts of cold, 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 cold. So let's move on. So prior to seeing the, uh, the broadcast of the report, uh, she actually was posted on Facebook. And I had an opportunity to view that and uh, was absolutely ecstatic that our rights are going to be protected. So thank you again for that, Mimi. Uh, I want to make a quick announcement here for anyone that is interested in getting into the construction trade. We ask that you please register immediately uh, July 11th until August the 5th. July 11th until August the 5th, 8 a.m. until 12.30 p.m. in person, classes at Central Baptist Church, which is 8th and Pine Street, 
pretty much right across the street, 839 North Pine Street. Uh, it is an introduction to the basic skills of, of construction. There are licensed people, uh, professionals who will come and teach these classes. And it says here that uh, you will receive the following credentials. NCCER certification, OSHA 10 certification, National Center for Construction Education and Research. Uh, we also offer job placement assistance. And if anyone is interested, please call 302-660-8124. That's a 302 area code. And again, that is here at Central Baptist Church, right on the corner of Ninth and Pine. If you're interested in starting your career, not just a job, but a career in construction, please reach out and let folks know that you want to participate. Also, uh, and this is for tomorrow, an evening of fun and free health services for the entire family. The Community Wellness Health Fair is being sponsored by the Catholic Charities Diocese of Wilmington uh, in, in collaboration with the Salvation Army. Uh, free services include health and wellness screenings, prevention information, dental screenings, the Food Bank of Delaware will have a food box giveaway, and uh, this is all taking place tomorrow, Thursday, July 7th, at 4.30 p.m., 4.30 p.m. Remember, first come, first serve, it's over at 7, you want to get in, you know, to avoid a lot of long lines you want to get in and get your services. I'm very interested in some of that. Um, I think it's very important for people to know their status. As I came through today, uh, I stopped downtown Wilmington. And every Wednesday, they sort of do like a, a, a farmer's market where you can get fresh fruit and veggies. And uh, they also have the food trucks out there, which is why, which is why I was going, because I wanted to grab something to eat uh, at 2 o'clock this afternoon. First meal of the day, I haven't eaten anything at all my coffee this morning, and that's kind of it. So, you know, you hit the floor running, boom, 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 you're constantly going, going, going. So I stopped by, and there I saw a van that said free HIV testing. Free HIV testing presented by AIDS Delaware. Ladies and gentlemen, as much as we're all concerned, uh, minus me because I'm not concerned about it, but as much as the world is concerned about this COVID-19, I guess it's 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, and we're slowing up in 22, but whatever. So you're all concerned about that. How many people are concerned about knowing their status of HIV and AIDS? I mean, remember, this thing kind of can go for eight years, nine years, before you really show any immediate symptoms. You know, uh, obviously, our body re reacts when you initially, if you have been infected with the HIV virus, your, initial, your body's initial reaction will go into a flu-like 
symptoms for two or three, four days, and then you feel fine, you think you're over it, but you do not know that you could be walking around carrying the, 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 the HIV bodies in your body. So know your status, ladies and gentlemen, uh, especially for all of our young people. If you have young people who live in the house or who live close by you or you love them and you care about them, you know, please have those sometimes uncomfortable conversations about HIV and sexually transmitted diseases. Our young people need to know because there are some diseases out there that will absolutely kill you. They will absolutely kill you. So please know your status. And I wanted to make sure um, that I express that to you in love. I say it with absolute love. Absolute love. So we're here at the Political Power Hour. Uh, I've made my few announcements and uh, absolutely gave a bravo shout out to Melissa Minor Brown for preserving our right to reproductive health. Thank you again. And as I stated, the Bill of Rights, the very first amendment tells us we have a right to address or redress our government about our grievances. So if there's something that is taking place that you are absolutely, you, you just, you know that it's wrong, you can't tolerate it for another moment, you want to change laws, you want to participate and make a change, make a difference, please know you have a right to get in your car, drive to Dover Legislative Hall, and participate, interact, and chit-chat with your elected public servants. This part, I know for a fact. I know for a fact. So, with all the COVID uh, you know, shenanigans and all of that going on, they probably want some sort of uh, mask or, you know, I don't know what their protocols are for that. Uh, maybe by January when they reopen, it'll be a whole different set of protocols. I, I really have no idea. I really don't allow COVID to, uh, to interact too much with my brain until I'm interacting with someone else and it's interacting with their brain. All right, but if you wanna get a shot for COVID, you wanna get the inoculation uh, to make sure that that's what you wanna do, uh, please feel free to check out all of your Walgreens, all of your community centers, uh, Henrietta Johnson, uh, the, the, you know, just all of the community centers in the state of Delaware can tell you how to get that COVID-19 inoculation and booster if you're interested in doing that sort of thing uh, for yourself, for your family. All right, so now I've done what was required of me. Now I wanna do what I love to do, and that is to teach, that is to speak, that is to share and disseminate information. So, as we are getting closer and closer to the primaries, which, by the way, I saw Becca Cato today at the Wilmington Library. It was so nice to run into you, Becca. Uh, she is running for a state seat, and we will be keeping our eye on her as we move forward. 
but she and I were able to engage a little bit uh, it, you know just a little bit about what her campaign or her platform would be and I'm going to get her here on the show so that she can say it in her own words rather than me try to regurgitate what it is that her campaign or her platform will be all about but I've been studying this little there are two words the two words are electoral college electoral college electoral college <laughs> uh, you know I'm telling you it's 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 a brain freeze it's an absolute brain freeze trying to understand some of this stuff in politics lately or recently most of my reports have all been about the history of politics, where they started, the framers, uh, who they were, what they believed in, the intent. The intent is very important when you talk about politics and the framers of the Constitution. What was the intent? Uh, we just celebrated America's 246th birthday. America, the United States of America is 246 years old. North America, the entire continent is 200 million years old. 200 million years old. The North American continent, America, is 246 years old. So, since we live in America, we are here in the United States of America, then these are the laws that we follow. And we cannot talk politics without talking constitution. And so that brings me right back to the electoral college. I'm really big on pronunciation of words properly. You know, I don't understand why people say texted. Texted? That doesn't sound right to me. Texting instead of text. I text. Texted it. Texted. I don't get it. Y'all can explain that to me another day. Perhaps someone can explain it to me. Anyway, an electoral college is a body of people that represents their states. These people formally cast their votes for the U.S. president and vice president. Well, when I look that up, I'm like, what do you mean I don't understand formally? That word called formally? As if there's a formal and an informal way to cast your vote? Like, I, I didn't understand. So obviously, I did what I do best. I continued to do some more research. And here's what I've come up with. And by no account am I telling you that I'm a professional at this. I am not the politician of the year. All right, it gets a little tricky. But let me share with you what I have. So an electoral college is a body of people representing their states, and these people formally cast their votes for the United States president and vice president. When we cast our votes at the machine or the mail-in ballot, we are actually voting for a group of people, a group of representatives called electors. This group of people is called the electors. And the total number of electors each state is, is allotted is equal to its total numbers of the senators and representatives that that state has in Congress. So don't quote me on this. If I'm not mistaken, I think we have two senators. Delaware, the state of Delaware has two senators and two, rep two House representatives, I think, representatives. 
please feel free to call in and chime, chime in. If you know something that I don't know and you can help me out, please feel free to do so. Uh, phone lines are now officially on. My phone line is open if you want to call in and you want to help me understand, uh, help the people understand the Electoral College. So, this group, this group of representatives that we have all went to the ballots, we pushed the button and pulled the lever, we mailed it in, we shot it in, we screamed it, we sent a smoke signal, and finally we have this group of representatives called the electors, which is that of equal, uh, the, each state gets that many to their, for their whoever, the representatives are whoever they have in their state congress in their congress so i think delaware has two senators coon and carper uh senator carper and senator coons if i'm not mistaken this is a time where i really wish jj francis was here so he could help me understand this i love jj francis uh at any rate okay somebody is chiming in but they're not calling on the phone on the radio station phone they're calling in on my cell phone and nope, okay, so they're not talking about electoral college, so I really don't have time to talk to them. So, it says here, the total number of senators and representatives in Congress. In totality, there are 538 electors from the electoral college. Each elector may cast one vote one vote. The political parties choose the potential electors before the general election. Before the general election, each political party chooses the potential electors. Then, during the general election, the voters, that's you and me, that's you and I, we select the electors. You know, it's really kind of um, hard to follow because I'm telling you, even trying to explain it is not that easy. But this is the information that I've been working on since probably pretty much all weekend. While everyone else was barbecuing hot dogs on the grill, I was sitting somewhere with a book and my cellular device and my laptop and I was looking up and trying to learn what is an electoral college. It's tricky. It's tricky. But what it says here is um, when we vote in our general election for the President of the United States, we're actually voting for the electors who have taken a vow. They have vowed to cast our vote in their ballots for that ticket candidate. So just using Joe Biden, uh, President Joe Biden, um, they will put in the ballot for that candidate, if it's Joe Biden or Donald Trump or whoever it was or is or whoever it's going to be. But it also shared with me, and this is research, it is neither common, I'm sorry, it is neither uncommon nor is it unconstitutional for these electors to cast their ballots for someone other than those that they have pledged their support. So 
This is where the backdoor conversations uh, and all of the, the politics gets kind of slippery, kind of greasy, you know, where the rubber meets the road, but it's all oil slicked. So I've pledged my support to you. I'm a politician. I've pledged my support to you. But in the midst of having these backdoor conversations, I've decided instead I'm really going to go over here and support this person. For whatever reason, whatever, however the conversation went, I'm going to support this person, even though I promised you, I pledged to you that I'm going to support you. It is not uncommon for people to switch a rule, and it is not unconstitutional for them to do so. I think it's some, it, perhaps it could be immoral. If you make a promise, I mean, I, again, I'm old school. I come up in a time where men respected women, men were respectful of themselves and of women, of the community, of the family. People could get along, you could leave your door unlocked and it was safe, you know. Uh, and if you made a promise, your word was your bond. Uh, many of us came up on believing that our word was our bond. That's all you've got. If your word is no good, then shit the sugar, neither are you. How good are you if you can't keep your word to me? You make a promise to me. You pledge to do something with me. Excuse me, we're in agreement, and now you go behind the curtains, and you do something totally different. There's something... I don't know. I just think it's not, it's a character flaw. I just don't believe in it. If you give your word that you're going to do something, you're going to be there, keep your word. Keep your word. I mean, there are times, obviously, when we, it's just humanly impossible because of circumstances or natural disasters or the, you know, the re redirection from that which is greater than ourselves, the divine, the great I am that I am. And we cannot do things. That's a different story than someone looking in your face and making a pledge to you that they're going to support you. And then the moment you turn, they've pledged to support someone else. Or they've cast a ballot somewhere else. Something about that just doesn't seem right. Certainly not in the eyes of God. But who am I? What do I know? I'm just me. So it says here that the United States Constitutional Framers created these electoral colleges, right, as an alternative to the people's vote uh, or to Congress. The intent, we talked about that word a moment ago, the intent was to make sure that everything stayed above board, that it was fair, uh, nobody was cheating. Because, you know, when you count the votes, we all know, I'll always remember what happened with the Bush uh, campaign in Florida where people were turned away from the voters' booths. Black people in particular were turned away from voting uh, in Florida during the Bush shenanigan. I'll always remember that, and I was highly disappointed about that. And if I wanted to vote for him, that was enough to make me not want to vote for Bush. At any rate, the intent of the framers of the Constitution of the United States was to keep everything fair so that nobody could cheat. But I think that perhaps 
Perhaps the framers did not have on their thinking caps when they uh, created this electoral college. There are too many gaps, too many possibilities of something not going well. First, I have to trust that the electors are truly going to live up to their word and their vow. They've pledged to cast their ballots according to my vote ticket. But I think we've seen historically, that's not always how it works. They don't always do that. So the framers maybe had a good intention, maybe there wasn't a good intention. I, I really, I don't know. I didn't know any of the framers personally. I didn't interview them, so I didn't get a chance to get to know them. But it seems to me, just being fair, I'm just going to be fair, I'm going to be fair, let's be fair, and say that the intent of the framers was absolutely pure. They had no debauchery in the back of their minds. They weren't plotting and planning uh, to really do something, you know, to create something that was going to hurt any one particular group of people. Okay? So, you know... Let's just say their intent was good, okay? Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution of the United States is where it says it is permissible or where they created this electoral college. But if I am to trust that these electors will cast their ballot based on my candidate's ticket, who I want them to vote for, uh, you know, I have a hard time with trust. I've trusted all of my life. I have trusted people for one reason or another. I just, naive, I just took them at face value at, at the heart that they were sincere and genuine. So I trusted them. And it didn't work out so well. It did not always work out so well. And maybe you've had those experiences too. But we tell ourselves in the mirror, when we look in the mirror, we say, well, you know, just because these people were untrustworthy, you know, I thought that was my best friend. I thought that was my boyfriend. I thought that was my husband. I thought that was my wife. I thought whatever it is that you thought, I thought that was my comrade. I thought that was my business par partner. Whatever it is. If you've experienced any type of betrayal of trust, it's very difficult to go out and put your trust in a politician who is promising and made a vow and a pledge to cast their ballot based on my vote ticket for my candidate. I don't know. That's kind of, that's a big one for me. That's a big one for me. I don't know about you, but that's a big one for me. And maybe that's why some people say that the people's vote does not matter. And when you look at something, <clears throat> pardon me, when you look at something like an electoral college, where we just talked about all that trust factor is in there. I've got to trust people are going to do what they have promised to do. Because if they don't do what they promised to do, then yeah, I went to the ballot and pushed the button and pulled the lever and pulled the curtain and mailed it in. I did all of that in vain. Because you did not, you did not keep your word. So now I'm screwed up. So now we've got people like 
whoever as the president of the United States. And just a sidebar, in the middle of all of this uh, teaching about politics, let me just say, I'm sure many of you are aware of what is being called um, the Patriot Trump. The Patriot Trump organization. A group of folks, and this gets kind of tricky as well, because they say that they are one thing, and yet they are exhibiting a different level of behavior. But the bottom line comes down to this group of people, I guess they want to be called an organization. This organization is going out and doing really mean and nasty things, tearing down signs, uh, tearing down, you know, some after the Black Lives Matter movement, a lot of black owned businesses were encouraged to put a sign in the wall in the window that says, I'm a black business. This way, it's almost like putting the blood over the door frame so that the spirit of death would pass you over, right? Wasn't that in the Bible? Some people put blood over the door frames so the spirit of death would pass them by. I remember that. I remember reading that or hearing about that uh, somewhere in the church. So these black-owned businesses, to avoid being the, the object of vandalism, they put out there that they were a black-owned business. Well, now these patriot Trump organization people rally group, they're in Boston tearing, breaking windows and doing things, uh, hurting people of color and anyone that they think is non-patriotic because they believe that under the Trump administration and they agree with him whatever Trump says these group of folks agree with Donald Trump they are going out and they are causing havoc they are creating chaos in the streets and this group is attempting to grow they find that they have a, a pool, a pool full of people who are willing to be a part of their organization uh, if you are up in the New England, Massachusetts area. If you are up in Massachusetts and that sort, you know, all up in there, the Rhode Island thing and all of that, that is just ground, just beautiful ground. You know, uh, what is the word for that? Harvesting ground. For people who can join the Patriot Trump organization. This group of people who are tearing down and breaking windows and hurting people uh, that they don't think are being patriotic. So, anyway. <laughs> uh, what do you think about that? <laughs> How's that for politics? And uh, when questioned whether or not they were a part of the January 6th riot against the, uh, against the Capitol. <laughs> they say that they were not, and yet some of the same people who were a part of that are also a part of this Trump organization. Patriot Trump. What a crazy name for an organization. Patriot Trump organization group, whatever they are. 
I can't explain it to you, ladies and gentlemen. I don't understand it. I'm like you. I'm in. I'm just. I just don't understand. I do not comprehend. Uh, some people say America is going to hell in a handbasket. That could be true, because I tell you, America has really, really. She has done some uh, outlandish things in her 246 years. She's, she's almost a baby country. She's like a baby. But America has caused havoc on every other nationality of people who live in this world. America is a whole handful. But she claims to be one of the greatest nations in the world. I don't know that I could say she's the greatest nation in the world, ladies and gentlemen. When I look at, you know, uh, here, right here in the city of Wilmington, right here in the state of Delaware, you know, our elected pu public servants are building up the ri riverfront. Down at the riverfront is gorgeous, beautiful. Anybody coming to visit, you've got to go to the riverfront. It's absolutely just mind-blowing beautiful. And they're not done with it. They are putting money and money and money and money and money into the riverfront because it's going to bring money. It's going to make money. Right? It's going to make money. But but where is some of that money for those people that are living underneath of the train tracks? Where's, where's the housing, the hope, the help for them? The riverfront is gorgeous. But you still got to come under the train tracks to get there. So don't pass by the homeless and the little children who are dirty and hungry and haven't had a bath and haven't had a good clean meal or a good night's sleep in months because they got to keep one eye open every time they go to sleep or somebody sleeps and somebody else is watching guard because they're living in the streets. But we're building up the riverfront. Don't get me wrong. I am not opposed to building and making things beautiful and better and wonderful. What I am for is do it for everybody, not just some folks. Can everyone benefit from the revenue that we're going to make from the riverfront? Will everyone benefit from that? Will the state of Delaware benefit from the riverfront being gorgeous and beautiful and all of these amenities are down there, which I love. I love going down to the riverfront, ride my bike. You know, I take the dogs down there uh, at certain hours uh, and we, we can run. So I love the riverfront and I'm so happy that they're, they have built it up. There's even a natural habitat. Uh, for, you know, wildlife and, you know, the deers and the ticks and the fleas and the whatever, the fish and whatever else is over there, okay? All the natural habitat. They got a be beautiful little place for that. I think it's fabulous. But then I have to come leave the riverfront, go back under the bridge and see the hungry children. The dirty little girl and her mom leaned up against the, the, the wall trying to survive. Uh, try, the mom is trying to protect her daughter from being raped. Or who knows what? Who knows what mom has to do every day in order to make uh, some money to get food? So I think about these people. When I look at the riverfront, I think about them as well. Is it okay if we think about those people? And I'm going off on another sidebar right here to say um, many of you may have remembered when I did a post about looking out for our homeless population.
because as wealthy as this alleged greatest nation in the world is, America's so wealthy and, and so wonderful, right? Uh, but look how many homeless people there are. Look at how many jobless people there are. Look at look at look at how the rate of incarceration. We're the number one in the incarceration in the world. So what are we great at? I don't know. I'm going to have to reevaluate that. Maybe you can help me out and you can tell me what is America really great of, in, for, at. The greatest nation in the world. For what? Joblessness, homelessness, incarceration. You know, like, I don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. But... Uh, someone very special to me. You may remember I talked about the old man Jimmy. Little Jimmy. He was crooked. He bent over on this little thing and he would walk up and down on the east side. And uh, during the winter months, I invited him uh, sh to have shelter at my home. I opened my home so that little Jimmy would have a shelter to get out of the blizzard. So he wouldn't freeze to death in somebody's back alley. Well, I'm very sorry to announce uh, that little Jimmy has transitioned. I learned, I just learned that Jimmy is no longer with us in the physical realm. And uh, no one seems to be able to tell me exactly what was his cause of death. Now, I do remember one of the ways I met little Jimmy and I call him Little Jimmy because he would he would lean over and he would have to kind of look at you. You know, it, it was just so sad. It was so heartbreaking. But, you know, I would, I would, I would, how did Jimmy die? And I remember that there, one of the ways I met him was after a group of young people, five or six young people had beat up on Jimmy and stolen what two dollars he had he had two dollars and a little bit of you know whatever some liquor he may have had and they stole that they beat him up and stole it and that really made me feel really in my feelings about that I don't like that do not pick on the underdog I will always stand up for the underdog I do not like bullies and anybody that's picking on our homeless population especially somebody like little Jimmy you're a bully, and I don't like you. Pick on somebody your own size, and if you don't know who that is, I got somebody I'll introduce you to. Uh, some of my brothers from the Nation of Islam are interested in meeting you. So don't pick on people. Don't bully people. That's not right. And I know I'm supposed to be talking about the political power hour and the electoral college, but that is a sidebar. I, I just, you know, that was important to me to get that little bit out there to you. So that made me a little bit emotional. I became slightly emotional about that, talking about little Jimmy and that he is dead and I don't know why he died. Uh, but those emotions caused me to have a hot flash, so I had to get up and turn, turn it back on. So, be good to our homeless. You know, there's no need to, there's no need to be mean and to be cruel to our homeless population. 
they are as much human as you are and they have as, <clears throat> as much right to life as you have, okay? They may not, you know, put it this way. Most of us, not all, because this doesn't work for the elite, but many of us are one or two paychecks away from being homeless or being down in the gutter uh, under the train tracks. So don't be so quick to judge. You don't know that person's story. You do not know that person's story, so you do not want to judge them. You don't know where they've been, and you don't know the journey that God has them on. Be, be mindful. Our homeless population, you could be entertaining angels unawares. All right? So, you are listening to Rochelle Wilson here for the Political Power Hour. You may not think so, uh, because I definitely just went off on a tangent about our homeless population. But in a way, that sort of reflects the politics. What are the politicians doing about the homeless? Now, I know uh, attorney Chris Johnson uh, was a part of city council, and then he left, and he's somewhere else now, which I could give a flying hoop where he is. You know, uh, I, I wouldn't mind if I saw him under the train tracks. That would be all right with me, Chris Johnson. However, that's personal, and maybe it's not professional, but I said it, I meant it, and that's it. I'm, that's where I'm at with it. But Chris Johnson uh, thought he was really doing a big thing when he made a law that people cannot panhandle after 6 o'clock. After dark. After dark, you're not allowed to panhandle. You know, panhandle, excuse me, miss, do you have a dollar? Excuse me, sir, uh, can you buy me something to eat? That's panhandling. And you're not allowed to do that. I believe it was after sunset. And I get it, because, you know, as women walking down at the riverfront, you see somebody come up to you. You don't know what they're going to do. And they're asking you, can you have, uh, may I have a dollar? Or can I have two dollars? Can you buy me something to eat? You don't know if they're going to rob you. So, I mean, I get it. But to be honest, ladies and gentlemen, uh, most of our homeless population is not interested in robbing you down at the riverfront. They would rather panhandle you. Can I have $5? Can you buy me something to eat? Before they would rob you. Because most of our home, not all, but many of our homeless, in our homeless population, they just folks that had a really bad deal. Something went wrong. Something went terribly, terribly wrong. And they ended up under the bridge. They ended up under the bridge. And many of us here in America are two, maybe three paychecks away from being under the bridge with them. So let's not judge. And do not, do not beat up on them. Do not hurt them. Leave them alone. Either give them the $5 for something to eat or just leave them alone. Don't tease them. Don't laugh at them. Don't joke at them. You're creating karma. How you treat other people, the least of these, is what you are doing to God himself, herself, the spirit of God. So you're creating bad karma. So leave them alone. Let them be. All right, I'm off my tangent, my soapbox. I apologize. I uh, didn't want to uh, go off on a tangent, but that was something that was really pressing on my heart. I think because little Jimmy died, 
it bothers me. It just genuinely bothers me. And if I think about it or talk about it too long, I will literally start crying. Because I really liked little Jimmy. And I always give, if I have 50 cents, a dollar, two dollars, I will give it to the panhandlers. Because I understand who they are. So I just give it to them. I, I, I just give it to them. All right, going to move on. Not going to talk about Jimmy anymore. So, uh, Legislative Hall here in Delaware is located in Dover. It's located in Dover, which is our state capital. Uh, and it has been the home of the Delaware General Assembly since 1933. A lot of things happened in 1933, and we'll, we'll probably get to that another day. But remember that date, 1933. There were a lot of things that took place in American politics in 1933. But in, re in relationship to Delaware, that is when the General Assembly uh, was constructed or became the home of the G Delaware General Assembly. Prior to 1933, uh, the General Assembly met for 141 years at the old State House, which is located on the green. Uh, the old state house located on the green. The General Assembly is made up of two houses, the House of Representatives and the House of Senate. All members of the General Assembly are elected by the voters from their respective districts. The primary duty of the members of, of the members is to pass the laws. The General Assembly meets every year beginning on the second Tuesday of January. Uh, let me see, what does it say? It meets every year beginning on the second Tuesday of January. Each session of the General Assembly lasts for two years. Each session of the General Assembly lasts for two years. Now I can't explain that because I haven't done the research on it and I do not comprehend what that means. I do not comprehend what that means. I do recognize that our House representatives have two years, our senators get four years. What this means, the General Assembly lasts for two years, uh, I could use your help. Somebody call me and tell me what does that mean? All right, Delaware is often referred to as the small wonder. We are 1,982 square miles and Delaware is the second smallest state in the United States, uh, and it is the state with the fewest counties. We only have three counties here. Uh, we have Newcastle County, Kent County, and Sussex County. So, uh, let's say, oh, and just for a point of reference, Delaware is the home of President Joe Biden. He's originally born and raised somewhere in Pennsylvania, but he's been here in Delaware for so long that that makes him a Delawarean. President Joe Biden is a Delawarean. All right? So, uh, wanted to share that with you. Thought it might be important for anybody that's interested in becoming an active participant, participating as you have a right by your Constitution to address and redress the grievances to your government. You're allowed to do that. And even the General Assembly in the Delaware Constitution says that we have a right, we the people have a right to participate, to participate in the legislature, legislature, 
the laws that are being passed. We have a right to participate in that. Okay? So get up and be a part of it, ladies and gentlemen. The primaries take place in September and you do not want to you do not want to miss it. But I, I want to go back quickly and just clarify something that just popped in my mind. And I'm going to do more information and research on this to give you more information. Uh, I, I assure you, I will be researching this thing, and if I can't figure it out, I will have the professionals come on board, and they will explain it to us, and we can ask them questions when they get here. Remember, our phone line is 844-944-3953, 844-944-3953, for here at the radio station if you want your voice to be heard. But one of the things that um, I just want to reiterate and make sure even that I have it in the bubble in my brain, it says that when we go to the ballots and we push the button, pull the lever, we cast our vote, or we mail in our ballots, that what we're actually doing is electing electors. So if I want to vote for Joe Biden, if that was the case and I wanted to vote for him, I, I have to trust that the electors are going to vote for me on that ticket. Now, I've already told you, I've got some trust issues, ladies and gentlemen. I'm working on rebuilding my ability to trust people, period. Trying to trust you trying to give everybody a fair shake. We look in the mirror and we say everybody's not the same. Just because that person betrayed your trust doesn't mean this person will. But when we talk politics and the hist history of politicians, not all of them have been above board. Thank God, thank God, we do have some above board politicians here in the state of Delaware. I'm so happy to say that. So happy to say that. I personally get to have had the opportunity and the good fortune to meet some folks who are just honest, hardworking, everyday citizens who just happen to go into politics because they want to make a change. They want things to be better. Trust me, it's not for the paycheck. To my understanding, the paychecks aren't all that great in politics. However, when we talk about uh, uh, we cast our votes at the machine or the mail-in, we are actually voting for the electors. And the total number of electors each state gets is equal to its total number of senators or representatives in Congress. Now that part I'm not sure that I completely understand. If somebody could, could call in and tell me what that means. What does that mean? Uh, I've really got to get J.J. Francis in here to help me out, or I've got to have a conversation with him to explain some of this to me, because I don't, uh, can't say that I understand every single bit of it. So we have 538 electors. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, there seems to be some, some form of chaos taking place outside of the window of the radio station, uh, and it slightly is distracting because it's loud and it's obnoxious, uh, people are having a disagreement. So I do apologize if you can hear it. 
Uh, I don't know that you can, but I certainly can, and it's very distractive. I don't like it. I want them to go away. And so in the words of my Christian brothers and sisters, they say something that goes like this. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, a group of people out there, go away. In the name of Jesus. All right, so now I did it. Let's see what happens. Let's see if it works. What the Christians do, they do it all the time. They say something in the name of Jesus or by the blood of Jesus, and then poof, things start to happen. So let's see if this group of, of argumentative people will go away. Stop arguing. Right? In the name of Jesus. Okay, so uh, if there's 